Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Hour two of Old School, 93.7 The Ticket. Again, you guys on the starter, hand me text line 402-464-5685. If you want to text in and get to it, some folks are writing you about your grambling. Uh, They they should know by my karaoke and everything, I I over-pronounce everything. Every every single thing. Grambling University. I, I say I pronounce every single Grambling syllable. State University is officially yeah what it is. So let's bring in Jay by phone. He's he's back on the road there. So you good? You all settled? Yeah, I'm all good. All good in the hood, man. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, you know, Pete Carroll. You know, he's a real deal. But uh, you know, there's plenty of coaches and places out there that uh, is interesting where people struggle to win. You know, LSU ever since. I guess was it the uh, little grass eater dude? I guess when he had his his year, and or pretty much since Nick, you know, it's kind of been different. Well, but but if Orgeron gets them the championship, why does it have the decline that it does? Uh, well, I mean, and, you know, he was, you know, obviously it's documented. He lost his focus. I think he finally. You know, you got to remember, he had the Ole Miss job, and they kind of pulled the plug on him pretty quick, which, you know, I think wasn't, I guess, quote-unquote fair or just. And then he was an assistant coach and always kind of had the label of not good enough to be a head coach. Then he went out to USC, he was on Pete Carroll's staff, and then he took over, I think, after Lane got let go on the tarmac, and he had them kind of on the right direction, but he wasn't, you know, the guy. He wasn't like either – what they viewed as a good head coach or didn't think he was qualified enough. Then he goes to LSU and is kind of a, you know, de facto coach. And they, you know, he did well. Remember he turned around at the end of, end of the season. And then when it came down to it, they either couldn't get who they really wanted or they reluctantly kept him. And then next, you know, a year or two later, he won out the championship and then he got paid. So, um, and then after, you know, after that, he got like payback and he, you know, kind of lost his way a little bit. So, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's done a really good job in his coaching career, and I think he just probably, you know, made some mistakes, you know, outside of, you know, the athletic department that probably, you know, lost his focus a little bit. But, uh, you know, when you think about LSU, Florida, uh, you could even throw, like, Tennessee in there, Florida State, Miami, you know. Um, 
um, it's hard to envision that they ever have like really, really down year years because of the ability to recruit to those places. You know, obviously with weather, um, the the multitude of athletes they have within like you know their state lines, or you can even say that 500 mile radius, and plus their you know cachet is on a national level. So it's just uh, I think sometimes. Like, even like a school like Miami, you have to have the right personality that can kind of keep all the guys, you know, within, you know, city limits or in surrounding areas of like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, you know, to go to Miami. Um, and then same with Florida State, you got to be able to, you know, win the whole state in recruiting and you're competing against Florida as well. And then let, let, let's not forget Clemson has taken off. North Carolina's recruited well down there in Georgia and Florida. So as parity has, uh, taking over college football has really spread out the dominance in recruiting because kids no longer want to go to college and develop and, and wait, you know, a year or two, um, you know, to be at their best. They want to go from high school, hang out in college for a couple of years, and then, you know, they envision themselves being the number one pick in the draft and college is just a pit stop. So, um that's just the difference in uh, the time, the kids, opportunities, parity. Every school is on um, some national network um, on national TV, and uh, so that you know, so then you know, waiting a couple years isn't as imperative because you see the MAC is on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you know, Thursday and Friday, or you know, you might see you know, like you know, Western Kentucky, Jacksonville State, or all those type of schools on there as well. So. It's uh, and everybody seems to be able to stream stuff online, so it's uh, you know it's a hard battle out there to keep winning um, and be uh, relevant, especially when you're at a school like Florida. You know, you just paid Dan Mullen a big contract. They always have you know one of the top ten recruiting classes. They were just in the SEC championship like a year or two ago, and I think they lost five in a row against Power Five schools, and you know they lost to Missouri, and you know that's a no-no. After, you know, you got to think last year they had a brawl with Missouri um, and, you know, they won and it was kind of an embarrassing look, but, you know, Missouri got a little bit of payback. So, um, you know, one thing I will say is this is, and this is, and in, in you can, and this is actually what I learned from one of my friends growing up in hockey, is the closer you get to the line, the more um, you got to look for guys that are, you know, Selfless versus selfish. I mean, that's where you got to get your really good teammates from. And when you look at it in football, you know, you got to be strong up the middle on offense and defense and then build outwardly. Um, and that's the way football is, was, and always will be. But as you get closer to the line, you got to have, uh, you know, tighter knit units and stuff like that. And so um, that makes it even more of a magnified glass on schools like Florida, LSU, Miami. That I mentioned before is because they have a plethora of big human beings down there that can move strong, et cetera. Um, so they should always be somewhat relevant. You know what I'm saying? Um, because they have phenomenal big humans out there and just the n- pure numbers alone, they should always be able to have uh, maybe not dominant offense lines, but definitely, you know, good uh, offensive lines. I always keep them, you know, up there eight, nine, you know, or seven, eight, nine, ten 10 win seasons. What what needs to be done at Nebraska? All the things that are mentioned just now. What are the things that are most easily obtained and done here at Nebraska to get it back to where it, it wants to be? 
Um, I just think that, you know, like, I think they're on the way. I mean, no, I mean, let's just, you know, they're close. I mean, obviously that just goes without saying. I think they're a better team than they were last year and definitely a better team than they were two years ago. Um, so I think they just got to, you know, take the things that they improved on um, and continue to add to it. And then obviously really work on the deficiencies. You know, we got to get better, you know, across the line. Um, and, and by better, I mean more consistent. Um and better as a unit, right? And that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean I'm not in those decision making, not even you know process or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you go out and try to get five freshmen to come in here. You know, sometimes sometimes you need a, you know like they must have thought you need a new new idea, a new type of uh, um, atmosphere, I guess, in the you know offensive line room. Start from there, and then obviously you know the rest. You know you got you know get a couple guys to step up in the running back room so forth and so on. So, um, you know, they're close, uh, but they're still far enough that you got to still make some adjustments. And so if they weren't trying to make adjustments, then that would probably be, you know, a bigger discussion for people that like to discuss everything that goes on with Nebraska football. And so, um, you know, I think, look, you got one game left. It's a, it's a big game against Iowa. Tina's had your number, a lot of close games, tough games. So And also, you know, particularly for defense to come back, off of a performance that wasn't probably up to what they've done for the first 10 weeks. So, and then you got senior day guys that you want to send out in the right way. Cause regardless of, you know, the wins and losses, you know, you got guys that put in a lot of time and effort and blood, sweat and tears for the university of Nebraska and did it for the right reasons. You know, that's why they were able to one, um, be here this long, but then, and then two, be asked and have the option to come back. So they're all, you know, good kids, good, you know, good human beings before you even start talking about, you know, them on the football field. So you want to, you know, show them the respect and, and do right by them and, uh, you know, send them out the right way. And there'd be nothing better to end your season, you know, and going in the offseason than by beating Iowa. Yeah, I, I think f- as this thing transitions, right, that now people really do have more eyes and ears towards the transfer portal, a quicker fix, a more solid fix, there's more resume and tape to go to, to, to help you make decisions. So if you're a coach, and it's not necessarily here, but if you're a coach and you're just trying to pull more talent into your program, is the talent pool the easiest way, quickest way, or best way? Uh, I mean, of course, the more talent you have, it's kind of like, you know, you're going to hit on you know something. But, you know, I think what you need to do is continue to build, like, from within. I think the majority of the wins – are going to come, you know, with the guys on the roster. And that's either guys that have been presently playing or guys that have been waiting to play. You know, there's a lot of guys, they got a lot of talent that, you know, haven't seen the field this year. And it's not because, um, you know, they're hiding them or anything like that. You just got some guys, you know, like you got Thomas Sedoni, number one tight end. You know, you got two guys that play tight end pretty well for Nebraska this year. It's not that, you know, Nebraska hasn't been developing them and all this other stuff that people try to say. So it's just, you know, you, you got to wait your opportunity and get it. And, and um, you know, I think, they, and they got some good receivers, good young receivers, and, and that are big, ten size feet. And you know, they got good players you know, on the on the defense side of the ball, and young guys that you see starting to you know showcase themselves and get out here, you know, get out there and get some plays now. So, um, you know, they got you know you know the basis of what they need, and you know, you always need to add to it. You know, you got Nick Saban up there talking about his roster is never like what he want he wants. He's winning national championships. You know that we always got to try to, you know, add to our roster. Um, and so, look, there's a plenty of opportunity. Again, 
going into this offseason, you know, you know, as soon as the, the four zeros are struck on the game Friday, approximately, I guess, what, five or six o'clock at, uh, you know, at night, that there's a tremendous opportunity. There is no time for to rest or, or sit back on, you know, your laurels. You know, we're not going to a bowl game, so, um, the, you know, there's not any, you know, not many spots that are cemented that, you know, can't be taken or you can't chip into their playing time. So you should be, you know, if you're, if you're motivated to try to play and, and, and do your best, then, you know, you gotta, you know, go, go above and beyond. And, um, so, you know, a lot goes into it, I'm sure, you know, stuff that they'll, they'll be trying to do, but ultimately the, the main focus right now is just on Iowa. What, what are the things that we cannot ask a coaching staff to be responsible for? Is there anything that happens on a football team that the coaching staff cannot be held accountable for? Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, if somebody gets in, like, serious, serious trouble, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, these kids are old enough to know right from wrong. I mean, look, come on now. I mean, you can't – these are they aren't robots where, you know, coaches are programming them and then they're programmed to do the wrong thing. So I just think that ultimately, um, you know, what really – you know, one of the really things that really separates people from being – reaching their maximum potential is, you know, how bad do you want it and how much are you willing to sacrifice to get it? Like – are you willing to sacrifice true time of doing things that, you know, you like to do in order to put more time effort into becoming the best individual player that you can be or athlete that you can be for the premise that we're doing it for not only for your personal reasons, because you want to play, right? You want to be the starting linebacker or whatever, but then also for the betterment of the team, because you, I think the better that DP gets, Jay gets, Nick gets, or whoever is going to be better for, you know, everybody else on the team. And then you got to be willing to, you know, challenge each other, um, and 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 never and it's never personal, right? If you're, you know, if you're not participating with the right mindset or whatever um, in practice, and you know, as a teammate, as a good teammate, I got to tell you, you got to step your game up, you know, and, and vice versa. And yeah, it sucks when you hear it, but you know, you got to understand it's coming from a good place. And so, the, the good peer pressure, the peer pressure that. I don't want to let my, my teammates down because I care about them so much versus the peer pressure. You got to do this or else is a lot different, you know? And, um, and so that's where, you know, really separates guys. Guys got to really, you know, decide if this is something that they really want to do, or you want to play like it's Halloween and dress up like a football player, or do you want to be a football player? And so that's what, you know, really separates, you know, guys, you know, making a quick transition or kind of, catching catching on at a certain time but sometimes the light comes on sooner than sooner for some guys and sometimes it comes on later you know one thing i will say across the board um i just think kids you know make hasty decisions um about college about their careers without really thinking about you know beyond three months from now versus thinking three years and, and it's you know i always say the, the transfer portal is a vortex of bad decisions. So how can that be fixed then? Right? I mean, if we understand that players don't always get shown to be who they really are because it's not convenient for folks, how do you get to the point where you're transparent and you can tell people the honest thing, which is this player doesn't work hard enough or I can't get him to work hard enough or this player doesn't spend enough time in the playbook or I can't get him in the playbook enough. How, how do you address that? How do you fix it? Well, you can't because uh, well, you can't and you can't. You got to be able to, I mean, every kid, 
I'm assuming, um, you know, you got to communicate and you got to deliver messages in different ways because of the way that they're raised or the way they like process information. So I'm assuming you got to go that way. But, you know, people think it's, this isn't professional. It's professional football in the sense of the pressure and the expectations, but it's not professional football in the sense of coaches only get, I think, like 20 hours a week to be around them. And that's including weightlifting and practice. So there's, you have to do so much of what you just said in a short amount of time with the magnitude or multitude of, you know, say like you're, you know, you could have, I'm assuming you could have close to 20 guys in your offensive line room, right? And that's including red shirts, walk-ons, and starters, and backups, right? So, you know, it's a hard thing to do. And then you got to still recruit and you got to try to find out, you know, what, what you, you know, who you're trying to recruit in a very short amount of time because you're only allowed so many visits, you know, unofficial, official. And just never know what you got till you get here. So it's just a it's a different dynamic. Whereas people just think it's turnkey. Oh, you're an athlete. You're a football player. You know you should get them to work hard. You know, like we talked about it, I think yesterday. You know, for in basketball, you, when you have to have a, a try hard like period, you know that lets you know that things are different, right? And when you see guys get drafted, you say he plays a tremendous amount of effort. That shouldn't be something that separates you from somebody else at that position. That should be just kind of like what you do. But in this day and time. And I call them the why generation because uh, they're always asking why. Why should I play hard? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? That's part of the reason why. And, and there's no reason the two – there's a multitude of reasons why they're why we're at that, this like, part. But at the end of the day, you just got to understand the way they are. And you got to – sometimes you got to lay it out, you know, plain as day, black and white. So there is no discrepancy. This is where you're at. You know, I want you to do well. It's up to you. You know, here's the, you know, the keys are you doing well. It's up to you to take the keys, put it in the car, and drive this bad boy. If not, then, you know, somebody else might be in your spot driving it. So, you know, that's high school and college. And, uh, you know, it's, you know competitions is hard for get kids to deal with. I think it's even harder for kids to deal with now because a lot of kids, it, say, you know, when they play these club sports, play for these club seven-on-seven teams, so forth and so on, has never really had to truly compete for anything that they've ever gotten. A lot of times it's been handed to them. Not everybody, but a lot of them. Um, and competition isn't breeded, you know. Um, and uh, it's one of the things that you know, you know, kind of can stri- make people strive and and bring out the best in them. Or some people, you know, don't like it and kind of like to, you know, throw their hands up and be like, "Man, you know, this is not going the way I want it, so I'm just gonna, you know, take my ball and go home and, you know." blah 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 so i mean we just covered a lot but you know when you're thinking about these big schools um with all these you know athletes it's a lot different i mean you gotta think all these kids in texas i, I remember this when i got here in, my, in our recruiting class it, it it just seemed like the kids from texas california and maybe like florida they acted like they played semi-pro football in high school you know everybody was bigger everybody was faster but when you get there it doesn't really matter because when you're in the white line, you know, nothing can save you. So, now how does that correlate to, like, a Texas? Like, you know, you got a cesspool as far as, like, a athletic department, right? Mm-hmm. That's been just, you know, you know, we've seen, or maybe since Mac Brown left, but just, you know, has not been as a well-oiled machine, you know, for quite some time. And then you got a tremendous amount of athletes that come out of, whether it's a big school in Texas or like a small school, but they're all big time players. Yeah. 
and then they got to deal with expectations competition and if you don't get it then you know then you know the booster might call in a favor and so and so starts playing and you know you got a new coach and the whole you know it's just a lot different especially when you have a lot of turnover right and everybody's looking at the other school everybody's looking at well so and so went to this school and you know their team is you know top 10 in 2 years well then you know what you're not getting it done and everything you've done to kind of right the wrong that's been here before we've forgotten. So we expect this type of stuff. So instead of everybody just focusing on what their business is and trying to do what they got to do to make their school better long-term, everybody's trying to find these short-term fixes and, um, you know, longevity sometimes in, in college football is the best, um, you know, obviously within reason. Um, and it generally breeds the most success long-term because once you kind of get your, you know, get your ducks in a row and uh, and everybody's on board, you know, I wouldn't say winning comes easy, but it becomes more uh, readily available uh, on a yearly basis because you've got your ducks in a row. For, for that thought, on a Friday where some player, some leadership will not be in uniform, um, one, you know, whether by choice or not, right? There's no Martinez, there's no Jojo Doman. Some guys have made decisions on that. How does the playthrough happen on Friday? Can you – is this a meaningless game? Is this a – how will they get through Friday's game with so many different oars in the water? Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't think any game that you play is meaningless. I, don't, I wouldn't – I don't understand that type of thinking. You know, maybe – you know, I mean, you're out there playing football. I mean, it's uh, – I always say like this. If somebody would come up to me and be like, man, I don't know how I can get motivated for this game, I would actually say – I would ask you to say, ask whoever and say, hey, look, man, do you remember back in February when you're lifting weights and that seemed like it was like no end and you would have begged to be able to play, you know, a game or when it was COVID when you didn't know you were going to play and you were, you know, chastised for wanting to play football? And then you said, yeah, I was like, okay, then, you know, then you better be motivated to come, you know, Friday at 1230. Um, now, look, there's a lot of distractions that can be going on. It's, you know, senior day. You know, you lost your four-year starter quarterback to unfortunate injury. You got, you know, whether it's JoJo or I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming everybody else is playing. I don't really know. But, you know, you got guys that are not no longer, you know, you know, in a very short time not going to be a part of the program. So, yeah, there's some distractions there, you know. But ultimately, you got to focus in and, and always try to put yourself in their shoes, right? You know, like if I was a senior or if I was an underclassman, you know, I would be like what I want. I would try to do right by them, and that's you know send them out the right way. You know, obviously, you know what I'm saying. That's the hope. Um, that's the hope. That's the hope, and that's what you should want to do. You should want to do uh, you know right by them, and 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 you know and, and go out there and play well because you know whether you're an offensive lineman, whether you're a running back, whether you're you know receiver, you know. You know, it goes without saying. You, there's going to be some, a new set of eyes looking at your skill set. So you, you know, what, you, what are they going to do? You're going to, um, you're going to flip on the tape, see how you deal with adversity, see how you play with, um, you know, the, you know, the, you know, supposedly nothing on the line. You know, as far as going to a bowl game, you know, you, you're X, Y, and Z. You just kind of go through the motions and watch the clock strike zero, or do you go out there and compete? Because they're, you know, coaches, you know, they're going to come in and give you a clean slate. But if you have a slate that's uh, a little dirty, it's going to take a little bit longer for you to kind of, you know, scrape that bad boy clean. And so it's just one of those things you got to 
you got if you're playing football, you, you you have to be internally motivated. Yes, coaches can motivate you; they can help you see, you know, through the you know the light or whatever, see the light through the darkness. But ultimately, to play foot to this game of football, you have to be a competitive person uh, because you can't go out there and like play play football. I mean, you play football; it is a game. It is a, a, a physical, violent, vicious game, and you have to be mentally and physically, emotionally or spiritually, whatever you want to call it, prepared to play. Um, and that doesn't mean you're going to have success, but if you don't have all those things ready to go, chances are you're not going to be successful. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not wired like that, so I don't really understand, you know, how you can pick and choose you want to play. I mean, it's not, you don't get to do things in sports on convenience, you know. Well, that... <laughs> um, and you can't do that being successful playing football. You can't say, oh, well, you know, um, I mean, I just look at it like this. Some of the kids I coach in basketball, I say, well, if LeBron James and Steph Curry and all these guys work hard, why why, did it, why do you think you well, you need to come in here and not work hard? If the best of all time is extreme, like Randy Moss and all those guys are hard workers, why do you think you need to come to practice and not work hard? Simplicity. You know what I'm saying? So Simplicity. I try to maybe keep it simple and go from there. Simplicity. And there's a lot of stuff that's in play. Listen, we'll let you go. Go run your practice. Kind sir. Get after it. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. That's the Husker Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. We'll tour the break. We'll come back more. We'll break down a little bit of tonight's hoops game here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Huskers, Tennessee State University. We'll do that when we come back to old school. Watch old school live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old school with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.